All right, so we are in the final week of this series called All Access. And I have a question for you as we get started. Have any of you ever played this classic game right here? Whack-a-mole. How many of you guys have played whack-a-mole? How many of you guys have no idea what whack-a-mole is? I remember the first time I ever played this was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I was probably nine or ten. And I went to the arcade because that's what we did. And I spent lots of money there. And I played this game called Whack-A-Mole. And if you don't know what it is, the concept is pretty simple. You have this kind of rubber mallet. And these little plastic moles or critters pop up. And you have to hit it before they pop back down. And here's the thing about it. These things pop up and down. And you have like a millisecond to decide if you want to hit that thing or not. But here's the challenging part. These moles pop up and down pretty fast. And by the time one pops up over here and it goes down, another pops up over here. And sometimes you have multiple moles popping up at the same time. You got to figure out how to do that. And I used to cheat because my brother and I used to not use the mallets but our hands. And we had four hands out there ready to hit the moles whenever they came up. Because you got tickets. And the more tickets you had, the more prizes you can get, right? So... The most pops up, you have a few seconds, not or like a millisecond to hit it before it goes down. And here's the problem with this. You can't really have a strategy unless you cheat to win because it's all random. And for a lot of us, that is exactly how it feels, how life feels. They're moving so fast and so chaotic and so unpredictable that it can feel like we're playing whack-a-mole with our problems. And we just heard a few of you your problems tonight. A few of the things that you guys are going through. And with all this going on, the big question becomes, how do you access what it is that you're specifically meant to do? Or who are you supposed to be? Or in other words, what is God's will for my life? But with everything competing for a time, who has time to really think about this? First, you got your crazy schedule. All right, let's take school, for instance. You have pop quizzes. You have math class. You have English papers. You have band practice. You have training. You have sports. You have practice. You have games. You have just the the list is endless. And then you have relationships. You have friendships. And I'm just going to be real here. Having friends are awesome, but it can be crazy, too. Because you're hanging out with one friend, and then somebody else wants to hang out with you, and that friend doesn't like that friend, so you can't hang out together. So you're trying to find out a way to hang out with this friend, and then go over here and hang out with this friend. And, and you know you can't hang out together. You really would love to hang out together because you don't have much time. So you're just hanging out together and separate, and, and it's just crazy. And then you got Snapchat, which is a whole different issue because you got to keep your streets going. Or if you don't keep your streets going, then your friend's going to disown you. So friendships are crazy. And then you have family relationships. Maybe your home feels unpredictable. Maybe you think your mom is completely out of touch. Maybe you have an older brother or younger sister or whatever, and maybe they're nice to you one day, but the next day they're simply mean to you. Or maybe you're in one parent's home during the week and another, another parent's home during the weekend. And it feels like life is happening to us, and it's all random, and it's popping up in different directions, and we can't focus on one thing. And it seems so disconnected doesn't it? When I was a year out of high school, I had no clue when I graduated high school what God wanted to, wanted to do in my life. I had no clue what God's will for my life was. So I, 
it was like three weeks before college that I decided to go to college. I went to a community college. And I remember I, I volunteered at my home church because I had no life. And I love the student ministry, so I wanted to be a part of that. I hope we're together. And I remember we went, we went on this ski trip. And I remember the student pastor, he did this message. And I remember the message plain as day. The message was just called Just Do It from the Nike thing. And some of you, even one of you just got promposed. Is that a word? Promposed? With the Nike words of that? Yeah. No, wait, that's not it. You did too? There's another one. Nick. Yeah, Izzy and Nick did the little Nike thing. There's lots of promposals happening and it's too much for me. Um, but anyway, the message was called Just Do It. And he used 1 Corinthians 3.16. It talks about your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he probably used that out of context a little bit. But I know specifically he was speaking to a group of boys in my youth group. And I can name the boys, Randy and David and, and, and Andy and Jonathan. <laughs> because this group of boys started doing things, started drinking and started smoking and started um, hanging out with the wrong crowd. And what he was saying in this message was, God's will for your life was that you need to stop doing these things and present your body to God. Because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But God had a, a totally different message for me. He was telling me that his will for my life was for me to enter full-time ministry. And that really surprised me. That took me back a little bit. Now... I didn't really know anything about God's will or even what it meant or how to do it. And interesting, now that I'm old, like I'll, I'll be 40 this year. That, that's old. And now that, because you, I mean, you weren't even born when I graduated high school and that was, it's just sad. Um, but now that I'm old, like I still struggle sometimes knowing what God's will is. I still have this battle. And so it's not just something that you guys struggle with. What is God's will for my life? What college should I get to or whatever? It's not just a young person's thing. It's a adult thing. It's a life thing. But here's what I want to, here's what we do know. God's general will is God's hope and desire. So let's think about this. God's just general will, okay? His will is God's hope and desire. And this is in your notes. That means God's will for your life it's God's hope and desire for you. God has something he hopes and wants for you. The God of the universe has something he wants for you. And according to people who follow him, that is a big deal. But what does this mean for us? How do I know what God's will is? You know, I had someone ask me this weekend. One of you guys asked me this weekend. I don't know if I should do this certain thing this summer. I don't know if I should do this. Should I do it? And you ask me, should I do this? It's like, I don't know. Like, you got to seek God's will for this. You got to know what God's will is. So how is it that what, what God wants, how do I know what God wants for me as a middle schooler or a high schooler? Or what college should I go to? Or what should I major in? Or should I do this? Or should I do that? Or what, what is God's will? And I want to give you just a few steps real quickly. I'm not going to spend much time on these. This is in your handouts. And I'm sorry this is going to be out of order in your handouts because I changed this after we printed this. So if you're OCD, I'm so sorry. Um, but here are a few steps of knowing God's will. N- number one, walk with God. Walk with God. Oh, wow. I missed a bunch of things. Here we go. Walk with God. 
For starters, if you're interested in knowing God's plan for your life, then you must learn to walk with God. You need to develop a relationship with him. Christianity is more about a relationship than it is religion. So you must cultivate that relationship. You must seek to know him. Here's the thing. You need to seek to know him rather than know about him. See, you can come to surge every single week, and you can learn a lot about God. But when you start praying, you start getting in your word, and you start cultivating relationships and small groups and different things, that's when you start changing that from knowing about him to knowing him. It becomes personal. Paul tells us this, and it's very much what his will is. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't conform, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but transform your mind. How? Transformed by renewing your mind that you may know what God's will is, his perfect and pleasing will. How do you know his will? By transforming your mind. How do you transform your mind? By getting to the word and praying. So that's it for that. Number two, seek godly input. Okay, we're not going to spend any time with this. You need older adults in your life who are pouring into you. I would say, I would suggest three or four adults. Hopefully your parents are two of those adults, but they don't. I know for a lot of you guys, that's not the case. But you need adults in your life who just want to pour into you. Number three, and this is, I think, where it gets mixed up, but maybe. Um, listen to God's Spirit. Sometimes when we pray, we need to simply stop talking and listening and start listening. Sometimes God is revealing his will for our lives, but we're so busy talking that we can't hear what he's saying. Um, John talks about Jesus being the shepherd and, and we are his sheep. And he says in John 10, 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So when a shepherd has his sheep, like he speaks and the sheep follows them because they know the shepherd's voice. And what Jesus is saying is, People who, who are in my will, people who know me, people who have a relationship with me, they listen to the Spirit. They listen to my voice, and they follow me. And guess what? If we're following Christ, we're in his will. He's not going to lead us astray. Next one is this. Listen to your heart. Psalm 37, 4 and 5 says, delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean to delight? If you see someone and say, I'm delighted to see you, they're not angry to see you. They're happy to see you. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you your desires. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. So this doesn't mean that if you desire a new car, that if you delight in him, he's going to give you a new car. What this means is when you delight in God, he's going to change your desires to his desires. Next one is this. Obey what you already know to be God's will. Scripture is full of things that says, this is God's will, this is God's will. Over 98%, I mean, yeah, just so many things. Here's one. This is scripture right here. It says, for this is the will of God. First Thessalonians 4.3. You want to know what God's will is for your life? This is for all of you. This is for me. This is for all of us. God's will is this. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. There's one of them there. If you're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at on the internet, that is not God's will for your life. If you're having sex before marriage, that is not God's will for your life. The list could go on and on and on, but there's lots of things there. So obey what Scripture already says, and there's more things, but we're not going to spend time with those. Uh, Number six, pay attention to how God has wired you. And this is where we spend the rest of our time. God has created you to fulfill a specific role in in this world. And there is no one else who can achieve what God has, has uniquely placed inside of you, created you to do. 
So for the past few weeks, we've been in this series, and we talked about the God's death and resurrection, how because of that we have all access to God, and there's no barriers, no reasons to keep your distance. And this was definitely a big change for the Jewish people. Because Jewish people, they, some of them became Christians, not all of them, but some became Christians. And there's, there's this letter that was written to the Jewish people, the Hebrews. It's called the Letter of Hebrews. We don't know who wrote it. But the idea was to help them understand that their new life with Jesus and what it meant to have all access to God. So tonight, we're going to show you how this letter ends. This is Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. And it says this, Now may the God of peace who brought... Again, from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of his sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Now, those are weird words that we don't talk about a lot. But to them, these are natural things because this was written to the Jewish people and they did sacrifices and different things. So this is common language to them. But verse 21 says this, Equip you with every good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Equip you with everything good. He has equipped every one of you with everything good that you may do his will. Now, even though this was a a letter, an ancient letter written to ancient people, the point is still the same. God, the same God who raised Jesus from the dead, has equipped you to live out his life, to live out his will. You have everything you need to accomplish God's will for your life. And the author of Hebrews is reminding these early Christians that God's will is to, that God will equip them to do his will. That they have all access to everything they need to live out God's will for them. Now, if you are a believer, you're in partnership with Christ. If you have trusted Jesus Christ to come into your life, you're in partnership with him. Jesus talked about the partnership between us and God this way. He says, go and make what? Disciples. That's our partnership with Jesus. Go and make disciples. Or in other words, go and show God's love to other people. Go and take everything God has placed inside of you, every talent, every ability, every gift, and use those things to love other people because God has equipped us so we can make a difference in the world. And the truth, get, and, this, and that truth gives us a sense of how we can approach life. And listen, this is a big deal. One part of God's will that we don't have to search for or get advice about or ever doubt is this. God's will is for us to share his love with other people. And there's another one. God's will for your life is for you to share his love with other people. And through his sacrifice for us, Jesus has given us everything we need to live out his will. Now, we love a lot of things. Don't we? Like, we love donuts. We love, and, you know, some of you may think you're in love. And when we love things, we don't have a problem talking about those things, do we? Like, if I love donuts, I can describe a donut to you, and, I, and I, I, I love it, right? And I thought in honor of 314 that I would bring out one, thing, one of the things I love a lot. And this is not just any pie in honor of National Pie Day. This is apple pie. 
And let me just describe this pie to you. This pie has fresh apples. It's not the can. This is not store-bought pie. This is Cracker Barrel pie, which means that they made it themselves. It was made today. I, I know that. And um, the crust is very flaky, and it's sweet, and, it, and it's kind of tart, but it's also sweet. Oh, my gosh. God, this pie is so good. And, but here's, here's the thing. You don't, I don't, if you don't mind, I'm going to eat this while I talk. Here's the thing about things we love. We don't have a problem. Mm. We don't have a problem talking about things that we love. I love apple pie. And I can sit here and scrub this apple pie to you. I just spit. I'm sorry. Front row, you're in danger. But I'll sit here and I'll finish this in a few minutes. But good news is I have two more slices over here. So, have a question. Does anybody want a slice of apple pie? Raise your hand if you do. All right, Sierra, you may have one. All right, since I don't feel like walking. Um, Israel. Maybe I'll sit in the front row next time. All right. So, all right, y'all have a seat. Y'all have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. So, what I just share with you guys is this. This is evangelism. I share with you guys something that I love with a passion. And I ask, how many of you guys want this? And 90% of you guys raise your hand. And I shared it with two people. Maybe three. This is my you and two. Now, some of you are thinking, I've heard that before. Yes, this is the thing that we have in this church called UN2. And the idea behind this UN2 is this, that you have two people in your life that you're investing in, that you will share Christ with at some point, that you will invite them to church, that you will be intentional having these conversations with. So I share with you something I love. And the, the point is, God's will for us is to share his love with other people. And I gave them extra force so they can share the love with other people as well, if they so choose. I gave them two forks for their one and two, you and two. But here's the thing. Now, you may be thinking, hey, you know, I just don't know how. Okay, sit down. I don't know how I, insignificant me, can share God's love with other people. But the truth is, every single one of us is equipped. That's what the verse that we just read says. We're equipped to love others, and to share God's love with them. This is God's will. But it plays out differently for all of us because we all have different gifts and different talents. Am I equipped? Yes, you're equipped. That's, that's not the question. The question is, how has God uniquely gifted each of us? So I'm going to skip some stuff because we're low on time. But the point is this. You start by, by thinking about different 
talents and, right, about your different talents and abilities. And then think about how you can use those to share God's love. How can you use the gifts and talents that you have been given? Let me give you some examples. How can I use my talents to love other people? If you're knocking out A's in every class, like you're just a brilliant, you're a brain, and you're without breaking a sweat, ask yourself this question. How can I use my intellect to help someone in the world around me? And maybe you can start tutoring someone who's struggling in your class. Or maybe you can go to high crest and start tutoring some of those guys because you're so smart and you can help them. That's one way, one way you can do this. Number two, um, or if you're a natural athlete, like you just, you're, you're good at soccer or you're good at whatever it is, um, ask yourself, what can I do with my athletic ability to help someone in the world around me? Maybe you can see someone who struggles with the sport and start teaching them and training them how to be better. If they want to make, try to make the team, you can help them along to help them make the team. Or you can go on a mission trip and, and do your sport thing there. Or if you're pretty much the school stand-up comedian, ask yourself, what can I do with my humor that can help someone in the world around me? And maybe you can go to someone who's having a really, really hard day. We heard of several people who are having a hard day. You can go to them and you can use maybe your humor to lighten their load and to make them smile or maybe laugh or and forget about their problems for just a few moments. Or maybe you're really good at talking and listening to people, making them feel comfortable. Ask yourself, what can I do with my words that can help someone in the world around me? And maybe you see a student every day who's just having a hard time. Or maybe you see that student who sits in a cafeteria every single day who sits by themselves. And maybe you can leave the comfort of your friend group and go and sit with that person and have a conversation with that person. See, God has gifted all of us in different ways. God's will for your life is for you to be you and love others. God's will for your life is for you to be you. You're not supposed to be anyone else for you to be you and love others. God doesn't want to change you. He has created you uniquely to use your gifts. Again, back to this verse. God, skip down, has equipped you with everything good that you may do his will. That's it. He has equipped you with everything good that you may do his will. God works in us to make us the kind of people that would please him and he equips us to do the kind of work that would please him. God has already equipped you. Now just let God change you from within so you can help others. You know, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 talks about spiritual gifts. And that if you're a believer, you have spiritual gifts. But in the middle of those two chapters is chapter 13, which talks about love. But one of the things that they talk about in there, this is my version of this, is you, know, you can have the gifts of, of healing or the gifts of prophecy or gifts of tongues or all these different gifts. But if you don't have love, then it means nothing to you. It means nothing to the people that you're doing this to. So in the midst of all of this, we've got to have love. This time of year with Easter just around the corner, with his death and resurrection, we celebrate what God did for us. To remove the barriers between us and God. Jesus, through his death and resurrection, gave us all access to our Heavenly Father. And because of Jesus, we can invite others into that. And that's my challenge to you. God's will for you is to love others. To use the gifts that you have been given to love others. And my challenge to you is this. Who are your two people? If you don't have two people, who are two people in your life that are far from Christ that you can invest in? And invite. That's God's will for your life. 
God didn't mean for you to keep the pie to yourself. But for you to share it with others. So you can see the joy that comes from sharing it with others. For them to giggle and laugh. There's people that you're in class with, that you're in the cafe, that you eat lunch with, that you're there with every single day. That are far from Christ. And they don't have the joy that you have. And it's our responsibility to share that with them. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your word and for your love. Thank you for your grace. And God, I pray that as we walk out this room and as we um, get to our small groups and as we discuss that you will be pleased. That you will just um, remind us and that you would put a burden on our hearts to go and share your love with other people. You have equipped us to do that. So God, we pray this in your name. We pray that you would just be pleased and glorified through everything that happens. Guys, we sing this last song. I pray that you would just um, put a burden on our heart for the people around us that are far from you. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.